Welcome to The Messy Path, where we're navigating through the messy journey to soulful relationships. I'm Ariel, a rapid transformational therapist. And I'm Whitney, an intuitive relationship coach. We believe that through sharing our experiences and passion for relationships, we can guide women on their unique paths. That together we can show the variety of paths life takes to finding your true connection and way of being in life. Join us as we share in the mess and expand on our journey towards soulful relationships. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of The Messy Path. Uh, this is Whitney, and this week we are interviewing Ariel on her kind of messy path, so you can get a little bit of a background about Ariel and where she's been and, and what led her to this place today that she is in. Um, and I think before we jump into like the nitty gritty and the, the fun big questions, why don't you just kind of tell us like where you are right now, your age, like what you're doing in this moment, um, and then we'll dive into the deep questions. Sounds good. So hi, everybody. It's Ariel. Um, I'm 31 years old. I live in rural Wisconsin, and I'm a rapid transformational therapist. Um, I live with my soulmate, which I'm super happy about. It was definitely a big component of my messy path, <laughs> which we'll get to. Um, and I really kind of, because of that, the primary topic in my life has always been centered around relationships. And so um, my messy journey has been full of breakups and heartaches and job loss and relationship centric. And so that's what I help um, women or you know, any person really help connecting back to. They're enhancing their relationships, not just with other people, but with their self and their soul as well, um, and really expanding on, on that journey of self-growth. So um, it's kind of the answer to one of my soul purpose questions, and which I know we'll get to uh, later on, but it's, I'm really happy about where I am you know, right now and where I'm moving forward to as well. Yay. I love hearing that. And I think that's why you and I get along so well is like relationships have been kind of the center point of both of our lives. It's so, it's fun to reflect with you on that. And I'm like so excited for future topics. Um, let's dive in. You ready for the first question? Yay. <laughs> yeah. um, so when did you start your spiritual or personal development journey? I love this question, and I always say I love this question, and the difficult part of this question is reeling it in <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, so I would love to say, you know, three lifetimes ago when I dedicated my path to blah, 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 and maybe someday that's when I'll actually be able to, to start it. But I think that the, like, spiritual aspect of my journey has always been present. Um, I didn't in the very intro of my life, I didn't go, grow up like going to Sunday school, but I took this trip to the Holy Land with my mom and, and the church that we would call our home church when I was nine. Um, so I was, that was my introduction to, to, you know, spirituality in a real sense. And where I was walking the Holy Land, seeing where Jesus was born and died and buried and, you know, being baptized in the Jordan River, having my first communion at the Garden of Gethsemane. I can never oh. pronounce the word right. And it's like, so that was like my big 
my big step into, you know, walking the messy path that Jesus walked, literally the rocky freaking desert. <laughs> like That's right. awesome. And, um, and seeing that and not knowing those other like intro Sunday school stories, um, mm-hmm. but being boom kind of right in at the ground level of everything. Um, so I felt always like disconnected on one hand from, you know, Sunday school and from the church and specifically, but yet had this really big kind of existential view and connection to things. And um, as I, you know, grew up, I, I really latched on to a lot of more um, philosophical spiritualism concepts like transcendentalism and you know, Plato's theory of transmigration of souls. And I saw angel readers with my mom and kind of talked with, um, she started talking with like an Abraham Hicks ex, ex, ex person. Oh my gosh. Like an <laughs> Abraham Hicks type person. Yeah. Um, like in it through our home, like in this crazy story. And I think all along I've had this kind of more open, um, mm-hmm concept of spirituality that I was connecting to. Um, And like one day as an adult, like in my twenties, I was having a conversation with my mom and my sister and they said, I was saying, yeah, I never had. Okay. So I was reading this book, Journey of Souls, which is Mm -hmm. amazing. Recommend one. And it was like, oh, this is such a baseline for things that I already knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but then giving you kind of more details along the path as well. And one of the spirit guides that they mentioned in the book was the same weird name of my sister's childhood um, imaginary friend. Stop it. Yeah. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the name is Oa. Okay. So it's not like, it's, it's not like a real name, you oh. know, that we would know in our Midwestern culture lives. Okay. Yeah. And I'm reading this book and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is Kira's, this was Kira's spirit guide. And my sister got, was a, was a sickly kid and um, was diagnosed as a type one diabetic when she was nine. Mm. And at some point, Oa like stayed at her own house and stopped visiting Kira. And I felt like, I was like, oh my gosh, it was to help Kira while she was like being sick, like going to be sick. And, you know, then she had other helpers or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, to identify it. But that's what I was just like, boom, click. And so I was having this kind of crazy conversation (laughs) with my mom and my sister about this. And I'm like, I think, oh, it was your spirit guide, (laughs) all this stuff. And I'm like, it's weird because I didn't have an imaginary friend like growing up. And this is what I said to them. And both my mom and my sister turned to me and was like, are you kidding? And I was like, no, I'm not kidding. I didn't have an imaginary friend. Everyone knew Kira's friend, Oa, and I didn't have one. I would like pretend I was a cowgirl and I had my horse thunder and they were like, and my sister so much alike. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My sister says, you would sit in your room talking at length to your imaginary friends and to the point where I felt left out. Oh my God. And I was like, what? And I'm like, I'm literally like 27, 28, 29 years old, like at this time. And this is the first time we're like having this conversation. 
And I'm like, mom, what's she talking about? And my mom was like, yeah, you had two imaginary friends. They were with you all the time. And their names were Gooba and Bibi. Such weird words, not yeah. words that I like use or say, not sounds that I make. Even now it still sounds like super random, like what? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And so later on, I'm in this other like, what was it? Like a body code, emotion mm -hmm. code, like release session. And mm -hmm. the practitioner is like, there's these two really strong like energies. They're like helping you. They're like fairies dancing around my pendulum, blah, blah, blah. They're your spirit guides. And I said, ask what their names are. And she had them like spell out the names, whatever mm -hmm. she did, like with the pendulum. And they were mm -hmm. Gupa and DB. Stop it. And I, I have like, I have like perpetual yeah. goosebumps right now. <laughs> We've got to talk about imaginary friends and that stuff because I had a similar thing where That's I would so sit wild. in my room and talk to my wall like ad nauseum as like a six-year-old. And my mom's like, I had no idea who you're talking to. Yeah. And, it's yeah, and like, I had no recollection of it. And now it was probably PB, right? It was probably, probably you. your spirit guide. And it, it gives you a whole different level of who of imaginary friends for children and how they're being guided, you know, because they're closer to the ethereal plane. And now I'm like, I wish I could just sit there in a room and talking to my spirit guides like now. And so right. I've been, you know, bringing in those other kind of practices and stuff. But so when I think about the start, now I'm like, well, I spent my childhood apparently talking to my spirit guides. <laughs> yeah. like, I so didn't remember since day that. one. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so that's kind of how, you know, how I feel like about it. But when I really kind of turned in, like did it, yeah. It was when, like, there was this huge life transition, right? I was being forced out of my, forced to close my bridal shop. Mm -hmm. My family was in a brief recovery from being super sick. And I was like, okay, if I wasn't supposed to do the bridal shop, like, if, if that's not, you know, the next more years of my life, mm -hmm. what am I supposed to do? And I took this hard bend toward, okay, to, to dedicate and set my intention towards aligning myself to my soul purpose. And I was 27 years old. So, you know, in the, the total energy leaning up to my, you know, the pull. Saturn return. Saturn return. Mm -hmm. I love Saturn return so much. Yep. And it dismantled everything in my life. Everything about my life. Um, and I did a super dive into, into being led, surrendering, 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 surrendering. Um, and to me, that was like, that was the, the full tilt. That's when I went full tilt. And then through that, I made a series of agreements of saying, okay, more, I'll give you more, I'll do it more. And just kept trusting, kept being guided, kept being led kept surrendering because there was nothing, there was like no other choice. There was nothing I could do to fight it. It was mm -hmm. bringing me to my knees time and time and time again. And just saying, okay, you want me to go more woo? Let's go. You want mm -hmm. me to go more woo? Let's go. Yeah. Because I, I couldn't resist it. And when I resisted it, it fell apart just yeah. in crash, crashing huge ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, yeah, that was that. my, that was my kind of 
Like, yeah, like full tilt time. Oh, I that's so. It's so interesting how you have these themes from childhood, and then like you kind of dip into society and the culture that you're born into, and and you lose a lot of that, and then like without fail, I feel like women in our generation are hitting huge bumps with our Saturn return, mm-hmm. and you either you either kind of bulldoze Rhino if you're a just lively person. Rhino is like just doing it the masculine way and like kind of the more stereotypical, like you just got to make it happen way. Just powering through it. Right? Powering very through Virgo, it. Very Taurus it, energy. Yeah. yeah. And you might power through it and get to where you need to go, or you might just be powering through the same wall over and over again, as opposed to surrendering. I think mm-hmm. you got to do a podcast on surrendering because that's such yeah. a beautiful example of like, and Gabby Bernstein says it all the time, like you surrender. And then when you don't know what to do, you surrender again. Yes. You just keep surrendering until you get the answers. So um, I'm a, I'm a Pisces. I'm a Pisces named Ariel. Yep. And I think, <laughs> um, and actually my mom got my name from Shakespeare's The Tempest and it's a sprite. And so I had always connected to like woodland fairies um, because that's kind of where the, the sprites live. Sprites are genderless fairies, right? So I've always had this nature towards, um, I grew up in the forest and had this connection like with fairies. And I was also a Pisces named Ariel, a la the Little Mermaid, right? Yeah. So like the most I feel like Pisces that I like could be. And I was really introverted as a kid. I really, I never felt like I belonged with any of the other kids. I felt, yep, super disconnected from other children. Like I felt very much all the time like it was me and the kids, me and the kids. I spent all my time talking to to teachers or playing by myself. And when I tried, it was like this effort that I was making to, to connect with like, okay, I, I really should probably have some friends now, you know, yes. like, let's try to do this. And it was a disaster, but you know, yep. such yeah. as girls journeys of life. Oh my God. Yes. We can go on ad nauseum about that. Yeah. yeah. But so I spent a ton of time like by myself and a lot of time with myself, like in nature and journaling. And I feel like there was always this current in my life about myself of inward and upward. That was always my like approach to, to everything. Like how I thought about stuff. I was always processing things. I was always thinking about my role in things, how I was affecting things and, and what that kind of bigger existential component was why things were happening on a, on a bigger scale, you know, cosmic level. And so being presented with, you know, Abraham Hicks later on in my life, I, you know, I was always journaling. I was always writing these things down for myself. Um, And looking back at my notebook, I was like, oh my gosh, I had written all these quotes by A.H. And I didn't know who Abraham was yet. And oh my when I God. Was, yeah. And I had written down all, I had collected all like of these things. And I look back and what, when I was kind of, you know, more specifically pointed towards Abraham and the law of attraction book from them, I was like, oh, I've been already doing this work. And so even in that, it was like, you know, that, cause that was a huge component of understanding how things work and the law of attraction and, and more cosmic, you know, openings. And it was like, oh, I was always like, you know, keeping track of these things. I have, oh my God. Um, 
and there's a philosopher, the first known philosopher whose name is like Her- It sounds like Hercules. Herodotus. Yeah. yeah. Is it Herodotus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have um, from way back in the day, one of my favorite clo- quotes from him is, and I have it in my office, we cannot step into the same river. When I step into the river for the second time, neither I nor the river are the same. And it was like, stop. Yeah. So there's a Native American quote that's like the same thing that you cannot step into the same river twice that I like super identified with oh, as a child. Yes. Further proving we were like soul sisters. Yes, exactly. Day one. Oh my God. And it. so I think I've always had this inward and upward. That's always yeah. what I kind of describe it as now. And like kind of view of how how the cosmos are organized, right? Uh, what's, what's the organization of the energies of the universe? I remember giving, like literally giving a lecture for two days on to my like high school um, AP Lang like class oh, cool. about the organization of heaven and hell and earth. Like, like this was my life. <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's so cool. I wish so. I could do that in my AP language class. I, I love my AP language class and like my AP lit class. But yeah, like, me too. Yeah, I, I didn't get to preach about heaven and hell in the organization, although that would have been fun. Um, so as you've been journeying, like this spiritual journey is obviously messy and like you had such a beautiful introduction to it. Like literally following in Jesus's footsteps. And I, I love how you connected to that faith, but you felt outside of it. Cause yeah. I, I think so many people with Christian faith, like Christian faith is what I know best, but um, I feel that same thing. Like I always felt like an outsider in my Christian school. Cause I was also being taught like native Americans. Yeah, you had such like an all this stuff. Right. Fair yeah. Enough. So so, and I was able to connect that. I'm like, oh, wow, Buddha and Jesus are saying the same stuff. So yes. like, isn't Buddha okay? And I remember saying that to my fifth grade teacher and he told me I was going to hell, mm. to which I like went home and cried and my mom chewed him out. But right. Like, it, you know, it's, it's so crazy how so many You're people- You're not supposed to say to children. Yeah, things, part one, don't tell them they're going to hell. Right, um, when they ask yeah. questions. Yeah, exactly. Or I write. Right, <laughs> exactly. Or like threatening your reality. Sorry, old man. Um but that's, it's just so interesting how I think so much of our story is like, it's why we're doing this. It's so Mm -hmm. relatable when we can get vulnerable and say, Hey, I was part of this faith and I never felt Mm -hmm. like I was really a part of it. Or I Mm -hmm. wanted friends and never really felt like I had that connection because I was so isolated on my own. So with all of that background from you, what is your like messy path mean to you? And what is doing the work kind of mean when you like zone in on that? Cause you've been doing it since you were a kid. Yeah. Um, and with, with really varying levels of conscious awareness, right. And I, I'll really emphasize that. Um, and, and the parts of my life where I've come in and out of being tuned in, right. And being aware But I think that it's been kind of my general mindset approach of my being, which has also been a journey, right? The more that I've turned into myself, the stronger and more confident I have become in acknowledging that this is how I approach things. This is how I process things, right? Um, My So doing the messy path or doing the work to me is the growth. I believe that we are all on a, as the personal development journey, right? It's not journey doesn't imply destination 
when we say it this way. Mm -hmm. To me, it is a constant expansiveness. And we are expanding and expanding and expanding and growing and deepening and moving forward. Mm -hmm. And doing the work is the the process of which this is coming about, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't sign up for an easy life. And especially when we devoted ourselves to, you know, our personal and spiritual development journey, that's when they're like, oh, great. Here's a rock. Here's a boulder. Here's something else to tumble and trip on. These are your tests. These are your things. But this is how you expand, right? And then something like I've talked about with Winnie is like we are guides, and we're guides for ourselves, and we can be guides for others. Like that's especially what I feel like with rapid transformational therapy is like I'm not a therapist. I'm your guide. The answers are inside of you. I'm leading you in in kind of uncovering those answers for yourself, but you have that inside of you. And that's what I think we're always kind of, you know, seeking is those answers within ourselves. And, but to be a guide, you have to walk the difficult path. Mm-hmm. You have to go through those, those bumpy roads. You have to understand the ins and outs of the trail in order to, you know, help guide people along. So it's not this smooth, easy, paved, flat path. It's, it's an arduous, rocky forest with mm-hmm. inclines and things. And um, so, so I had a client recently say to me that she thought doing the work was the darkness and like you weren't mm-hmm. supposed to be doing it. And that like, according to kind of Abraham, follow the good feelings, like you weren't supposed to be giving attention to your wounds right? Your trauma, right? It's like, and, and I can see how people can manipulate that into feeling like that, right? But what, even in the core, he acknowledges the contrast. And it's like, what contrast is, is your growth steps, is your growth steps. And what we're, we're moving through on this journey is seeking the light Mm -hmm. and moving through the darkness. moving through those wounds, moving through those traumas, moving through those hurdles, moving through the the trials that the universe is setting forth for you in your light-seeking journey. Absolutely. And I think what confuses people is the attachment. Mm -hmm. So the reason that like contrast in the work is not like ego-based attachment is because you are observing yourself doing the work. And as your point- As you're getting triggered, like let's say you have another relationship fail and it fails in the same way that your past relationships has, Mm -hmm. the the key in that moment is to be in your observer and to say, what is the lesson that I'm not clicking with yet? Why is this same type of person, this same scenario popping up for me? And in asking yourself that, your ego immediately gets defensive. So it really is this art of like managing your ego and, and being observant and not attached to whatever your ego is spewing at you because you don't want, and I have this conversation with friends all the time. You don't want to be on a nice paved, smooth bike path through central park. You want to be in the remote wilderness on a bouldery path because it's not yeah, fun. And sometimes it doesn't like feel it. like it when you're, no. when the, when the, when the boulder just fell down and <laughs> smashed you on the head, Totally. <laughs> you're totally. like, why did I sign up for this path? Totally. But it's what we're seeking to, 
right? Mm -hmm. Is what we're devoting our journey to and, and not feeling, you know, dense or narrow minded, but feeling expansive and loving and growing. And I think that's what it is. And when we're doing the work, and this is something that that same client said to me, to kind of wrap up that part of it is like, now that she had like a rapid transformational therapy session with me, which is totally, you know, healing those, you know, shattering those blocks, transforming those old beliefs, healing a lot of those, uh, you know, stuck emotions in your body is um, how much lighter she felt. And I think that the word light is so important because you can physically feel lighter with by releasing that stuck energy, by releasing those things that are weighing you down, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the darkness. That's what keeps you from shining your light. And there's the existential light energy of, of being light-seeking, love-seeking, being energetically aligned. And it's like, that's what we're doing. When we, you know, I love the Marian Williamson quote. It's our, it's not our, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, it's that we're powerful beyond all measure. Yep. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Yes. And when we move through that fear, and I'll say the moving through the fear, ladies, is the messy path. That is exactly yes. what we're talking you, about. You have <laughs> to you have to stare fear in the face. Yeah. I, like Roosevelt or Winston Churchill said it, but like you have to stare fear in the face and go through it. Yes. Because if you don't, you end up living in a cage Stuck. that you built yeah. for yourself. And you're like, unhappy. Mm-hmm. And that, and there is a joy, like even in Whitney and I talking about this, we're talking when we talk about the harder hurdles like of our lives, there's this joy in in sharing our stories and there's a joy in moving forward and mm-hmm. and we're not stuck. And it's not to bash anyone who is stuck. It's to help them move past it, to help them right. see that there's the light on the other side that you don't have to be weighed down by negative beliefs and stuck emotions, that that's what we are moving through because on the other side is joy. And when you approach your life living in alignment with your soul purpose, your soul energy, in alignment with the loving light of God, right? Then this is when we can do our best work, our best work for other people, no matter what our job you know, title is. We show up better in life for ourselves. We show up better in life for our partners, our familial relationships, our friends, our coworkers. You show up better. And that just means lighter. You show up leading, you know, the way, being guided, being centered, having things go smoother for you on occasion, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. having these kind of miraculous things uh, occur in your life and appreciating the joy and like living a lighter life, even though you're still moving through, through all these hurdles. So yeah, I think the messy path doing the work is life. Mm-hmm. Like it is life and it is the development journey. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so beautifully said. So as you're on your messy path, what has been like that turning point or moment that like you, and you kind of already touched on this, but like that you fully gave in and was like, all right, universe, I am like showing up now to do the work. Like, yeah. So that a little more. Yeah. So I was uh, 26 years old and Mm -hmm. I was being closed out. I was being forced out of my bridal shop, which at that point was like, there was all this 
all of these things that lined up to get me there, all these energetic pulls, all these things. And, and it was something that I had talked about doing and just thought it would happen like later on in my life. And then boom, nope, it came way faster and was, there was all these, all these aligning steps. And in hindsight, I think that the aligning steps were so that I would be home and with a moderately flexible schedule while my family was, when my family got really sick, because it really lined me up to that. Um, And at that point, I was really giving my life to my family and like, wasn't, you know, I, I also had, I should say, I also had massive heartbreak during that time. I had a guy I was in love with ghost me like right after everybody was out of the hospital, like if everything was chaos um, and there was all this stuff happening in our house. And like I said, we were kind of in this like survival mode of just making it through to the next day because that's all we could see at that point. You know, mm-hmm. it was life or death all the time. My brother was in high school. I had come back and my sister was supposed to be in college, but was on sick leave. and And it was a polar vortex. So I was literally like shoveling the driveway three times a day so that when my mom came home at maybe midnight, she could drive, you know, pull into the driveway of our, you know, rural house. Um, So there was, and then I had this bridal shop and this bridal shop was beautiful and it was full of joy and love. And it gave, um, when they were healthier, everybody brought like a, like my dad helped you know, build stuff for me or would help make stuff for me. My sister, I used as like a model for all of my dresses while she was in recovery from being sick and she would just be at the shop and like helping me. Mm -hmm. And it was a fun outlet for my mom. Um, My brother wasn't so into it. Obviously he just was used for, um, for hauling things. So it wasn't so fun. But it was still just this like beautiful point, even like within our family. And it was this beautiful space and I was doing fine, you know, as far as the new business went and things like that. And then it was just like the hammer came down and it was so evident that I could not keep the shop. And we had tremendous landlord issues and all this stuff, but it's like, it doesn't matter. The, the gears of the universe had click turned and I had to like catch myself up to it. Mm. And I, I was like, what do I do after this? I have no idea. At that point, this like was up to my goals. It wasn't like how I expected it to happen. The only other thing I wanted to do was like work for anthropology home office, which I will get into later, but, and like have a partner. And, and I was nowhere near having a partner. So do you, do you think, sorry to interrupt, but do you think like you put, and this is like Abraham Hicks language. So uh, in the show notes, we can like link to mm-hmm. an Abraham, like high level kind of outline. But do you think you put like the softest, like even unintentional, like rocket of desire up to the universe that like you were, you were done or nearing being done with the bridal shop and the universe was just like, there you go. No, you- because I was, it was like, I was really happy doing the bridal shop okay. work. It yeah. was, I was really building like a lot of momentum in there. Now you could also say yes, because I was also like wanting a life partner and wanting these other things. And, um, but 
I could, in my mind, I could have stayed at the bio shop for a long time and really gotten it to like a more successful like level too. Sure. Okay. Um, so I wasn't calling in that change at least consciously. And that's sure. what becomes hard is like, but things like were going well. <clears throat> when it stopped, when I when the bridal shop started to like need to be closed, then kind of all these other issues really kind of came to light. Issues with my mom kind of getting she got really stuck in um, depression from my my dad being sick, my sister being sick, being in caretake she hit a huge caretaker burnout. And then to have my shop closed, like on top of it. And I had really been her like emotional support therapist for my entire life. And mm. I had to say, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And that was this huge breaking point in my relationship with my mom and in how it was in the dysfunctional, you know, uh, codependent and way mm. that it was. And I, that was a big step into myself. And at that time I was still like living in this tiny room about right next to their bedroom and um, alone in the house with them, which, which was a lot also for an empath. And it was like all these things. So I was reading this book. So I'm like, if I'm not doing the brow path, I need to know what I'm doing. Like guide me to what I'm doing. Yeah. I would just say, over and over and over again, guide me, show me, show me what you want me to do next. Connect me with the people in my life you want me to connect with. Bring in my soulmate, I'm ready. And I like all these different things. And so I started reading this book. Well, I had been reading this book and I was like, I have to finish reading this book <laughs> um, and do it like fully, like front to back in order doing it. And it's called um, discovering your soul purpose <laughs> through karmic that's, astrology. That's perfect. <laughs> I oh was like, God. I have to do this. And it was something that I had like dabbled in for fun for a long time because mm -hmm. it tells you like what your soul color is and all these things. Oh, and I, I went front to back all through it. And it's something that I want to revisit again, but there was this, so that was like this huge turning point. And, um, I like would, I was also like hosting at a restaurant down the block oh, wow. and I would, so I would go to my brow shop and then I'd go host and then I would like come home. And I remember like one night, um, stopping on my way home like in the middle of this field because I live in a really rural area and with the huge stars like in front of us and it was just starting to rain and I just laid down and was like, but where's my soulmate? <laughs> and I was Aww. like crying and crying because I felt like if I wasn't going to do like the shop, I'm like, when do I get my soulmate? Like, where's yeah. my soulmate? Like I want, I want my own partner to go through this. I was so alone through like helping with my family and, and things like that and doing my shop even. And I was like, I want my life partner. I want my life partner. Mm -hmm. And so I was crying, kind of screaming at the sky. Where's my, where's my soulmate? Yeah. And the answer I got back was, are you a mate to your soul? Mm. And I was like, Oh, oh. <laughs> that question is so freaking powerful. Yeah. 
And I was like, okay, all right. And to me, it totally like flipped my perspective on dating yourself. Yeah. I hated the concept of dating myself. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but it sucks to go out to dinner by myself. And it sucks to do this stuff by myself. And I spend plenty of time by myself doing, you know, okay things for me. I want someone to share in my joy. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, all right. And it was like this huge check to my, to me of saying, where's my alignment? Where's my personal alignment? Where is this like happening? And so Mm -hmm. then I was, I was working on realigning to myself and what mm-hmm. that meant and how I was dressing and how I was showing up. And I literally had to say out loud one day, okay, I'm, you know, I'm still 26 years old. This was a big year. Aww. I was like, I have to stop dressing like I'm going to see my grandparents every day. <laughs> and I have to start dressing like I'm a 26-year-old woman. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like there's yeah. so much power in owning your body and saying like, yes. I feel sexy and good about myself right now. Yeah. Like, Yep. And so it was like, like I didn't dress for men. I like dressed because I was going to see my grandparents every day because most days I saw my grandparents. And, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that was just another like step in how I started like living for myself and in myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, so then my bridal shop closed like in April and I gave myself a tattoo of my shop logo. Like, no, like I gave it to myself. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. No, like it's, it's like a weird story. Sharpie? No, no, it's real. It's a real tattoo. That's a real tattoo. And like, you tattooed yourself? Yeah, like, like at like two in the morning in my bedroom above my parents' like room, and, and I was I, like, "This is my like trust in the universe like reminder because it's beautiful. it's a bow and arrow, which is uh, like a whole kind of." concept but it's a bow like a dress bow with an arrow going through it and so it's my own like play on this and it had already been my symbol for like existential guidance like intuitive guidance universe guidance and so I did this as like my reminder to myself Mm -hmm. and and I didn't tell my parents and that was a whole thing and they were like you're rebelling against us when you found out and I was like no I'm living for myself and I don't (laughs) this isn't about you this is about me and um then I also yeah. The similarities never end between you and I. Yeah. <laughs> like our tattoo stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you mine later. Um, so then I so then I was like, okay, I'm I'm healing this relationship with myself. Like I'm working through this. I'm making all these steps of like dedicating myself to me. And I'm like, okay, but you're bringing in my guy, right? Like you're bringing mm-hmm. me in. And I did this huge like calling in ceremony where I was up for the third night in the row of the full moon and, and yeah. And like having these big talks with the moon, AKA the universe alignment and was like, this is what I want. And within the month, this man who I worked with at the restaurant started asking me to like go on motorcycle rides with him at the end of the night. And I was like, no. And I knew I really wanted to. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And that kind of began, and that was my response to my soulmate. And I didn't know it at the time. I had already known him for like a year and worked with him for a year. And like now in hindsight, could really see how I, you know, like I had to stop giving him hugs at the end of my shift. I had to start high-fiving him, you know, (laughs) where there was all this 
resistance to how I felt about him. Interesting. Which is a whole nother story. Um, but then my relationship in seeking my soulmate really became the biggest mess in my, yeah. in my journey. Um, and which, which ended up leading me to RTT, um, which then became the answer to my soul purpose. So, but that That's was, the, that was the time when I was closing my brow shop mm-hmm. and just turning in, surrendering, 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 surrendering. So amazing. It's, what I think is so cool too, and it doesn't feel cool in the moment when you're in it, but Ariel and I have survived it and are living proof that like, if you can make it through that year where your life just keeps falling apart over and over and over again, and for some people it's 2020, um, you will find yourself on the other side of it, mm-hmm. like your true self. You just have to stick with it. And it is ugly and it hurts sometimes, and you just have to remember, it's like, it's your ego hurting and it's only ugly because you've assigned good and bad meaning to things. So if you can remove expectation and like assigned cultural meaning, you can just kind of sit down, pop some popcorn and like say, all right, universe, what's next? Like, Mm -hmm. let me have it. Like, let's work through this stuff. Um, So what tools and practices did you use like, or did you start developing like during that time that you still use to like support yourself and do soul care and self-care? Okay. So I was, I kept asking for signs. I kept asking yeah. for guidance, which literally sounded like me throughout the day saying out loud, <laughs> show me, guide me, connect me, like okay. show me these people, you know, align the people into my life I'm supposed to be with and interact with guide me to where you want me to go. That was when I said all the time, guide me to where you want me to go. Align me in the direction that, that will best shine my light, that will shine your light through me. And I just kept asking, ask, 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 ask. So one day I was in my bridal shop and it's this, it was this old church. It was a 150 year old church that had been renovated into a boutique. It was like so beautiful. It was so adorable in this little quaint town. And the doors of the front doors, which, so there was a, like a, you know, like a French door kind of style, Mm -hmm. but one of them was always latched shut. And the other Mm -hmm. one was the, the door that we actually used. Okay. So this was always latched shut. It was only unlatched when we like hauled in and out huge pieces of furniture. Otherwise it was locked. And I'm standing at the counter, you know, 10, 15 feet away from the doors and this huge wind blows open both of the doors. <laughs> oh my God. And I look at the clock and it was 12, 12. Ah! And I was like, okay. <laughs> and oh so that was my introduction into numbers being my signs. Yeah. So I started to really pay attention at that point when I was calling it in, calling it in and I'm not a numbers person. So to have this many numbers like show up in my life became really obvious because it's okay. not something I paid attention to. And all of a sudden, every time I looked at the clock, it was a duplicate number, 11, 11, 12, 12, 4, 4, 4. And I just started kind of documenting these mm-hmm. and, and like appreciating them as 
okay, this is alignment. Okay, what are what was I thinking when I saw this? Right? Mm-hmm. What was what was that validating? What was that showing me? Where was it moving me towards? And I would literally like go towards things that had this like number on it or or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the numbers changed as I went through my journey. And it was like it was like an introduction and it was everywhere. And so there was a whole lot of them. And then they began to kind of sort themselves through to being more predominantly a one, two, three combination. Okay. So then it was always 1023, 321. Um, it was on license plates while I was going places it, and I would, you know, follow it or follow the thought that I had while I was driving and I would just like take note of all these things. And so that became like a big sign for me Mm -hmm. and it's still part of my guidance. Mm -hmm. Um, We, I recently went through another like big transition right before 2020 Mm -hmm. um, where my partner and I both lost our, our jobs within the same month and had to leave our home that was connected to our jobs and Mm -hmm. which was all a positive switch because we were leaving the restaurant business. I was able to devote myself to RCT. He was able to get a job that sustained through, you know, the pandemic instead of being shut down, like all these things that were good, but that happened in um, October, starting in July, the numbers came heavy. Oh, really? And, you know, and I'll get them here, 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 you know, sporadically, just like, Hey, you know, we're supporting you. And I got it all of a sudden it was like everywhere. And I said to my partner, something's happening, something's coming, but the universe wants us to know that we're being supported. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And it was like, to me, it's like the death watch beetle in practical magic Mm -hmm. where she can hear it coming. And you know it's coming, you know it's coming, and there's like nothing that you can do like but prepare yourself for what you can't prepare yourself for. Yeah. And that's kind of how I recognize it like now. So yeah. I looked up, you know, the the numerology for my numbers as well. So it's really predominantly one, two, threes at this point, a combination of that. Mm-hmm. And to me it basically means like positive steps along my journey. And that I'm like supported by the angels connecting to my soul purpose and like doing that. Now I'll tell you my, my kind of favorite story about trusting yeah. the, the signs. Um, my partner and I were, you know, leaving each other like late at night one night and we're in a rare, but important, like big argument. Okay. And, and we were both in our cars and like, I was still, I'm, I'm the louder one. Right. So I was still like yelling (laughs) through the windows, like I'm so at you. Right. And then we, but whatever, we got into our cars. I started, I start my car and it was 1230, whatever at night. And so one, two, three combination. And, and I turned to him and yelled through the windows and was like, look at the time, <laughs> like, like, look at the numbers. And I said, I do not feel supported by the angels right now. <laughs> it was like, and their response was like, we don't care. We're still here. Yep. And it was like, to me, it's like the, the phrase that I hear the, uh, the my, one of my favorite Abraham quotes, 
even in contrast, you're still on your path. Yep. And it was like, here you are in this big fight, but we're still supporting you. This needs to happen or this, or we're here for you while it's happening, you know, whatever in that way. And, and I was like, okay. And just like continue to lean into that. And it's hard to describe like, okay, you just see numbers. Like it was to an extent where I thought I was going to lose my mind where it was like, you know, when you hear about like Tesla needing to like walk around his house three times before entering and like, because all he could see was the numbers and like, there's a movie like 21 where the guy mm -hmm. only sees things that add up to 21 and like they end up in mental hospitals, right? Like yeah. I was at that level of seeing the numbers and there was, there was nothing, I felt like there was nothing I could do, but take them as signs. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, this is the only like, way I can make sense out of this. Right. So like, we're rolling with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, then I did a ton of journaling and mm -hmm. I would literally like escape to my soul place or to nature or have long walks or talk to the moon or whatever mm -hmm. and journal and read. And I would read my, my sole purpose book constantly. I was doing meditations and journal prompts like through that. I was reading transcendental books, transcendental meditations. Um, so I was listening to, to the Jess Lively podcast. This is when she, you know, at the same time that she started her divorce and was moving forward from that, I was closing my bridal shop. And so I was like, Girl. oh, here we go. Like, and I had listened to like a couple episodes before that. And then it was like, oh, my life is dismantling too. Cool. And then I was like, oh, I know about this. I hear about this. I'm interested in that. That validates something I already know, but somebody else is talking about it. And I really listened to that as like the only person I was talking to about, about what was happening, um, which led me to like the flow group which is yeah. how Whitney and I connected. And yeah. even in that, I was like, I know this, this is a reset. Mm -hmm. and, but what I gained through that was this great community. And I needed a reboot at this, at that time. I needed that like reset at, you know, again. Um, and, but the community that I gained through it was, was like the best thing. And it took me from being isolated to being part of, of a woo, woo community that mm -hmm. is, is like the best thing that's happened to me. That's, that's amazing. I love that. Our path is so freaking aligned. It's not even funny. Cause like you're dismantling your bridal shop. I was leaving my fiance and like literally ordered the book conscious uncoupling the week that yeah. Jess did her first episode oh about my gosh. uncoupling. And it's, Oh my God, it's so fun. I love our paths. Um, so what was like the most chaotic time in your life so far where you've really had to lean into trusting yourself? I feel like I kind of know. But I <laughs> do tell. It was, it was um, a really trying time in the um, relationship with my soulmate, mm -hmm. um, which I'll go into more in our private group because there's details in it that I don't feel like comfortable to share like all publicly all the time. But, but the gist of it was I had met my soulmate. I felt very validated that he was my soulmate which I will preface with, although I called in and asked for, didn't actually believe I was going to get in this lifetime. Like, so although this was language that I was familiar with and, and I mean soulmate in like twin flame energy yeah. level, not yeah. karmic, not karmic soul contract. 
Yep. This is like the my partner. Yep. And I think that I had a belief kind of my whole life that I wasn't going to get them in my in this lifetime. Interesting. And then I was like, and I had had really good relationships before. I had almost, you know, I'd been in really serious relationships and I was like, this is this is great and fine, you know, but I knew that it wasn't the same kind of like grounding energy. And when I met him, my soulmate, I had that. It was, there was all this other chaos happening and yet there was this peace and calm and tranquility and tr connection that was always running between us. And there, basically, uh, before about two years, it was everything about our relationship was attacked by major outside forces, the people mm. who were, you know, closest to us in our lives. And, and in that time, I was told by my mother, right, and other significant people in my life, my inner guidance was wrong. I was wrong. This is not right. This is, I was down the path of the devil, which is terminology my mom like never used. Mm -hmm. And just from kind of all around me. And I felt like I was like standing on a lily pad being shot at by arrows from the banks. Like it was, I was so mm -hmm. unsteady and so um, attacked like constantly. And my, my, my inner guidance was attacked and challenged and mm -hmm. in tried to dismantle. And I kept turning inward and asking because at the level that it was at with, with chaos, because my, my soulmate wasn't fully picking me. And that was literally, literally tearing my soul apart. Mm -hmm. And where it's like, I had felt heartbreak before, and I felt like my heart was breaking in, yeah. in the loss of a very significant like past relationship. Sure. And then my soulmate wasn't picking me. And we kind of had a period of, of breaking up and kind of getting back together and breaking up for bigger. And, and I felt like my soul was being torn from my body. And it was extraordinarily painful as an empath. And on top of it, to have significant... Um, spiritual guidance like in my life being um you know questioning me and not just questioning me but telling me I was wrong mm -hmm. and during that time I had to to really get quiet a lot and I created a lot of like personal space for myself which was a lot of which looked like a lot of fights that ended in screaming crying okay this isn't like pretty Oh, I'm not available. This is no, I'm not doing it. okay. Wow, yeah. And, um a lot of crying. A lot of my story is crying. Mm. And um and I spent a lot of time. I would literally run up to my soulmate, to my soul place, which is an hour and a half drive from from where I lived. Mm. And I would like if I left, if I had an early day at work, like I got done at three or four or whatever, yeah. I would get in my car, drive up to my soul place an hour and a half away. I had it clocked and like climb this bluff. Okay. So this isn't like a field. I would climb this yeah. bluff that I got down to 30 minutes to climb to the top of the nice. Nice. and I would sit there in my soul place and journal 
or read or write mm-hmm. or just sit there yeah. and 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 write to myself right write to my intuition write to my inner guidance listen go on walks by myself and listen mm-hmm. to to what those thoughts that were coming back to me were saying right because that's what my inner guidance you know sounded like that's what it yeah. felt like and i would listen to the songs that i was that were coming through my through my body and through my mind and and sing those out loud to to calibrate my alignment and just kept asking for guidance and for validation and mm-hmm. clarity as i was moving through immense turmoil and this was um and then I lost that job, which I had also manifested. And I was like, wow. okay, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> and I was like, okay, what else? What else? And I said, yeah. All right, if it's not that, I'm going full woo-woo and I'll become an astrologer or something. And I didn't yeah. know what that was going to mean. But I had the conversation like with my mom and out loud, if it's not this, I'm going full woo-woo now. And that was another big turn in. And, um, and then they're like, all right, great. We're, you want the, you want the bumpier roller coaster? <laughs> Hang on. Yeah. Then, then everything like blew up into a million pieces. And I had a, I had this really emotional night with my soul sister where, mm-hmm. um, essentially I gave birth to the light. And it was like hugely dramatic. I was like on my hands and knees, like crying, crying, crying. And she was like dueling me, like like soul rebirth, like process. And it, there was all these kind of points of, um, I was in the flow group that this is when I was in the flow group is in one of the times that like we were separating my soulmate and I were separating and Um, and I was like taking that time for myself, taking that time, journaling, talking to myself, Mm -hmm. doing a lot of listening, Mm -hmm. reviewing stuff, turning to my intuition. Um, and, and that's what brought me, that's what brought me to RTT. And then in my RTT session, I heard an, another voice. So not like how my intuition talks to me. Like I heard a third party voice is what it sounds like over my right shoulder say this is what you're supposed to do this is what you had to get to wow and i was like whoa and i said um and i said to my therapist um who was another flow member actually mm-hmm. but i hadn't we were just getting into all of that yeah and i said to her um so i just heard this other voice say this and i think i'm supposed to be an rtt therapist and I think that's what it's like. That's how I took this. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to continue with this, but we like have to talk about this like after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so I ended the session and was like, okay, which was super, super spiritual, super, mm-hmm. super spiritual. Um, so I'll mention that just a, a bit because that was a big anchoring point. So an RTT session is like, is connecting to your subconscious mind, which to me is your inner voice, your inner guidance. That's how we access your spirit guides. That's how we access this other channeling. To me, it's like a very spiritual realm of yourself. And it's also connected to your emotions, your pain body, your belief systems. And so we had this really powerful, profound like session. 
mm-hmm. of identifying where those blocks were coming from in my life as everything was being dismantled and moving forward from it. And, and it was really great, really powerful. I had really validated that what my physical soul space was, was my existential soul space as well. And, oh, okay. and that was really cool for me. And so I was able to really connect with that. Then we end the session. And now, especially as a therapist, I know what was happening. And she was, you know, bringing me back out Mm -hmm. of, out of hypnosis, out of the session. We were counting up. We were done. I was not being hypnotized anymore. Like this is, we were, we were moving up and I started choking. I started choking to, I couldn't breathe and I could barely say I couldn't breathe. And with her profound guidance, she was able to kind of calm me and see what was going on. And I was going into another scene and like completely unprompted, actually like intentionally not prompted. Yeah. Like you're pulling out of hypnosis. Yeah. You shouldn't be rolling. Right. No. And I went, I like was brought, I was pulled down into this other scene and I was drowning and I was, I was drowning. And I was like, okay, this is what's happening. And I knew the scene and something I hadn't thought of ever. And I don't even know like really how old I was, but I think I was like six and my sister was like two-ish then. We were four years apart. I think that, yeah. And we were at like Disney World and we were at the hotel park and it started downpouring while we were playing still and whatever little kid way for us, I had to like help her. We had to swim through like um, across, you know, the the lane, you know, like a, how a lazy river or something would be sure. where like a lane. And we yeah. had to like swim across that to get to the part where we could get out. Oh, okay. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so I go to, I knew my sister couldn't swim like the whole way. And so I gave her like this, but I couldn't touch the ground. And so Mm -hmm. I gave her this super huge push Mm -hmm. and, you know, she, she threw the push and her own, you know, little doggy paddling. She got most of the, you know, like half of the way. And then I, you know, turbocharged, you know, pushed off really hard and, and with my energy and inertia gave her a huge push. Okay. But in doing so, you know, it stops your full energy. And yeah. so then I went down and <gasps> I started drowning at that point. And my therapist said, and who saved you? How did you get out? And I said, God saved me. And I like oh saw God. God's hand, like pull me up and out of the water, like totally crazy. And I hadn't, you know, felt like that before. It was, it was a total like thing. And I was like not expecting it. And I was like, God saved me. And, and she was amazing. My therapist and was like, Christy Bartelt. I love her. I have everybody to go to her. She's my favorite person. And she was like, you know, what were these messages? What is this? And I was like, God is always with me. I am always connected to God. He is always there to help and protect me. And it was just like this huge, huge realignment, huge realignment. And it totally like, solidified this foundation inside of myself and my inner guidance. And I was like, okay. And my life continued to be chaos, but I had changed. My, Mm. my 
the calm, I had reconnected to the calm knowing inside of me mm -hmm. that I was on my path, that this is what my guidance is to fully mm -hmm. trust in my intuition, to fully trust in the messages I was receiving. And through kind of a, a stubborn calmness through the rest of everything that has reverberated to the people around us as well. And, um, and kind of everything was able to flow more easily kind of as well, but it yeah. was that big shift like inside of me. That's so amazing to be, to be not only in the chaos, but then reflecting back and having past parts of your life come up where you were equally in a chaotic moment that is so indicative of like the larger chaos you were in as an adult in your life. Like that's so freaking beautiful. Yeah. And I hadn't had like, I had, I would never have said like, oh my gosh, I almost drowned when I was six. And like, uh, this was not like a story. Like yeah. as soon as I went into the scene, like I recognized it, but yeah. like, my mom always talks about almost drowning when she was a kid. Like I never said that because I didn't feel like that. And now yeah. going in there, I was like, oh my gosh, like oh, wow. this was, yeah. I didn't need to because I was okay. I was safe. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That is so, so beautiful. I could like listen to you just tell your whole story from like start <laughs> to finish. Cause it's, it's so fantastically like peppered with spirit, like being so present in your life and like, even the day you were born. So like, I know you're a Pisces, but I'm like always, I always forget when different signs are in the year. So I like looked you up just now on Facebook and I was like, oh my God, 222, like, come on. Yeah. Like yes. everything in your life is like, what's oh, fun. like many alignments. Yes. And, um, what's fun about that is my soul sisters, um, not her universe numbers are 222 and my universe numbers are like the one, two, three combination or three, yeah. one, two. And her birthday is three, one, two. And my birthday is two, two, two. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. And That's uh, so cool. Yeah. And we have our own interesting like lifetime yeah. connections, but it's, it was just like one of those fun things. Like, yeah, yeah. we're here for each other. Yeah. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. An another thing that I was reflecting on is you were sharing kind of the chaotic areas of your life and like the crying and how like that was such a part of your like like your rebirth literally mm -hmm. it, it's so beautiful to me how you innately knew to lean into that emotion like I feel like women especially we get told like we can cry but like it needs to be pretty tears and it can't mm -hmm. be like ugly cry and you know you should cap it you know yeah. like let a couple tears come out and then you're done and or we just say, oh my God, I'm feeling this in the middle of the work day and I can't let myself fall into this right now. Like I need to save it and then tonight I'll break down. And doing that causes so much harm to you mm -hmm. by like disconnecting from that emotion because I don't care that it comes out in tears. Your tears are so indicative of a range of emotions. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're sad. It can be anger. It can be loss. It can be hurt. It yep. can be so many things. And that like leaning into that emotion and letting it come out is so important. And that even was like a big process. My mom's a Virgo. She's very, she's an attorney too. So she like, couldn't be more Virgo mm -hmm. and I'm a Pisces, which is the opposite sign. Mm -hmm. And so my mom's like, da, 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 da. here we are, we're doing this. This is organized. This is the path. This is right and wrong. This is up and down. This is balance. This is yeah. justice. Right. And I'm like, 
hi, I'm flowing in the ocean of my emotions and <laughs> what's happening, right? And my mom's like, pull it together. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I don't really know how. And, <laughs> like, and she, you know, not just her, but other people, you know, it's, but especially my mom would be like, you wear your heart on your sleeve. And she was scolding me. She was scolding me for wearing my heart on my sleeve. She was scolding me for showing too much emotion. She was scolding me for doing this. And the more I leaned in to my Pisces self, which is my soul future. Mm-hmm. So I was a Virgo in my past lives and I'm moving towards being a Pisces. So the more I moved towards my Pisces and embrace that, bringing in my soul color, lavender around me, bringing in the lavender scent, which I, when I first did it, I rejected. I hated the color lab of purple. Really? I uh, ugh, like <laughs> purple. It's so, ugh, right? And I was like, I repelled it. And I was like, whatever, I need help. And if this is what's a guiding thing for me, I'm bringing it in. Yeah. And I just started by having more purple around me and now it's my favorite scent and I wear lavender to, to calm myself. I would do that all the time. I would wear lavender all the time and just yeah. smell my wrists uh, or smell my scent stick right yeah. throughout the day. Just like recenter me, reground me. And, um, and so the more that I leaned into being a Pisces, the more also I was able to actually protect my energy because mm-hmm. I was a super empath and what I in reflection now now that I have more of my like empathic boundaries mm-hmm. and like protected and like mm-hmm. stable I'm able to see the amount of physical pain that I was in emotionally mm-hmm. and someone like asked me about it like and I had I just had this whole like aha like reframe like moment where I was like oh my gosh that's what was happening to me that I was so I was so in pain from absorbing everyone else's energies because mm-hmm. I couldn't control it that I would just have these immense outbursts and my and sporadically and I was and, but throughout the day, I'd be like quiet, trying to keep to myself, and then just yep. have these meltdowns. And the more that I leaned in to embracing my emotions, to embracing that flow within myself, to, to following my intuition, the easier it became for me, the less yeah. painful. I don't feel that pain anymore, or I can recognize it and recognize why what's happening who yeah. needs a bigger check-in right now right like what you can really hold happening? it yeah, yeah as opposed to like being overcome by it yes exactly yeah. instead of just like having this meltdown and so like to me it's something that was always running through me but it to me it's like as I grew up and I leaned into acknowledging the emotions yeah. that I had and to processing through it now I don't have those huge huge, huge meltdowns like I did before, I'm able to still be be hurt or be affected or whatever, but allow it to flow through me in a more balanced and stable way. And to me, it's like this big message for everybody in that too. It's like Mm -hmm. feeling your feelings leads to growth. Feeling your feelings leads to release. Feeling your feelings is a part of your life we're supposed to get to all of those levels on the emotional scale. We, we are going to 
work through all of them and you just don't want to stay stuck and when we don't feel our feelings that's how you stay stuck preach 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 i say this to my <laughs> friends and my clients all the time like if you do not feel into that it will follow you mm -hmm. like i like i have a dear dear friend who the second she starts feeling into something she's like i don't want to be here i just want to be better and it's like girl mm. You gotta be like, I don't care if you sit and you watch like your favorite show on loop and just ball your eyes out for an afternoon, yeah. but you gotta do it. Yes. Otherwise you're going to keep having these breakdowns over and over and over again. And please don't numb out on yeah. like drugs or alcohol or like pills, sex. like, all the oh things. my God, sex, all, all the things. <laughs> oh my God. Let's, we got to have an episode about that because we are going I, to, that's why I, we're talking. That's why oh we're going to talk about sex. I, uh, I used sex in all yep. of the wrong ways on my journey to finding the connection yep. to myself. Like, yep. oh my God. All right. Anyways, I want to ask you one more question okay. and then we'll wrap up. Where do you feel like you are on your path right now? Okay. So I feel like I am in a good place where I feel like I am in alignment with my soul purpose. I know and feel validated every time I have a session with a client with RTT or, or talk to people about this, creating this work with, with Whitney and, and connecting to my woo -woo women community. Right. And I feel so high vibe in, in doing that. And I can feel that alignment and validation. And so I feel really good with that, which is still constantly evolving. It's constant creation. It's constant development in my skills, my, my marketing, my relationship with, with myself and, and developing how I can show up even better, you know, for my clients all the time. But I feel like, all right, I'm doing that. This is where I'm supposed to be right now. I'm living a beautiful life with my soulmate where things are flowing really well in our lives. The same guy, the same guy who told my soul, but yep, we repaired it. I did a, there was a lot of work involved. We got a lot of validation that we we're for each other. And we wake up in joy and gratitude for, you know, waking up in each other's arms. Um, we've created a really beautiful house that I feel joyful and grateful for all the time. Um, one of my favorite things that I do right now is we have dinner outside on our beautiful patio and watch the sunset and just kind of chill out. And that has been really beautiful. Um, and there's always stuff that I'm working on. I've had some like odd and sporadic body things come up recently, which I, you know, because of my role in my family, health issues have never been part of me, my story. Mm. They've been part of their story. I can't have a health issue because they have a bigger health issue. And so I'm having these kind of like little like like weird reactions. I don't know if it's to food or whatever, or I'll have like eczema breakouts that don't make sense to me. And just little pots like here and there. Um, but that's something that I'm kind of needing to work on more is like, okay, what's my body trying to tell me? Because I feel all this joy and stuff around me, but it's like, okay, what, what's the next thing that I'm, you know, working yeah. towards? And, um, and my next kind of goals is to, to get my dream house. I'm happy where we are here. It's like a good place, but this is not my soul house. Okay. If I'm going to call it in that kind of way. Yeah. And it's fun because 
we were gifted like a glimpse of my soul place, my soul home, my ideal home on a vacation that we took last fall, you know, before all the pandemic stuff. And, Mm -hmm. and it was like, yes, I can really have this now. It was like telling me, and I still feel like so far away from it, but I'm not going to test that time to it. I'm just going to see how it evolves and continue working towards that. So that's kind of my, my big overarching goal is still to get my dream house Mm -hmm. uh, and dream property. And my smaller working on things are like body relationship stuff right now. And, um, but otherwise I, I feel great and I'm, I'm full of like love and joy most days and, and light energy. And I love connecting with, with women and doing this work and and having a great partner to share in my journey. I love hearing that. And I love connecting with you. I'm so glad that we like, that I got the download and we connected and like all this is just unfolding and it always like my face always hurts after we record these podcasts because we're like staring at each other on zoom right now and it's just like ah. like I just yeah I'm always and, smiles around and it's you. like here's all the chaos in my life <laughs> yay yes and I'm like yeah because you know, like, I know what like, else happened to you that sucked else? Ariel <laughs> <laughs> and it's like again I know Ariel said this a couple of times but we are able to reflect on these absolute shit parts of our lives in this way because we have done the work to process through it. Mm-hmm. I fully love every janky, weird, out of sync step that I took to get here. And mm-hmm. I know Ariel feels the same way because it is what brought us here. And in order to love ourselves and love what we're creating now, we have to love and accept. Where yeah. We I mean, from. I'm pretty much grateful every night that I don't cry myself asleep on the floor <laughs> of my kitchen. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. For a comfy bed and like a soulmate to snuggle you and a smile yes. to go to sleep with. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Oh, well, I love just, I can't wait to hear more of your story and be able to share like kind of in depth more of our joint relationship stuff and spiritual growth and all of that. Um, but yay, this was Ariel's introduction. And <laughs> I hope you guys loved it as much as I do because I sure did. Like I could, you, you need to write a book because I will read it cover to cover. <laughs> so um, my soulmate suggest, said if I were to um, make a book that I, my title would be crying my way to the top. <laughs> that's so perfect and that's so like perfect. oh that's like the saddest and yet most <laughs> accurate depiction of my messy path journey <laughs> that's amazing I can see the cover it's like you like in some sort of a like aquarium thing where your tears are just like filling up the aquarium so you yeah <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> oh my god I love it yeah uh, well thanks everybody uh we're coming at you again soon and um, TBD on the topic, but we have a whole list of subjects that we're going to get to here soon. So have a lovely day and subscribe, follow, like, do all that good stuff. Um, Yeah. We'll talk soon. Bye everybody. Hopefully I didn't scare you off today. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to connect with us on Instagram or online, you can find our details in the show notes. And remember, the the mess is the the journey. journey.